the rapture is going to take place. Five years later. So we do not know the hour that the Father will send Jesus, Yeshua, to come and fetch his bride, who is us. We do not know the time that I believe that he is waiting great expectations for the Father to go, my son, this time will fetch her. Is she ready? Is she ready? Because to answer that question, you would need to look within yourself and go, are you ready? Am I ready? That God forbid anything would have to happen. I am so thankful that we are home. But there are many who did not make it through the war. It does not mean that God loved them any less. But I would love to know, and I would love to have the reassurance that their hearts were ready to meet their maker. Because, my friends, that's why we're here. We are so blessed to be in a fellowship where we enjoy fellowship. Light a fire, put the coffee machine on, we can get together and we can enjoy fellowship. But that is not the reason that Jesus came. Yeshua came. I want to encourage you to use his name. Use the name, Adonai. Use the name Yahweh because at the Western Church, we have made it common to say God and Jesus in the same sentence, and we do not understand the weight of it. When you say that in the name of Jesus, darkness flees, do you believe that darkness will flee when you usher His name in your darkest moment? Do you believe that when you pray for your loved ones, that when you speak His name, there is hope that is over the situation? Do you believe that even like Stephen, when he was stoned and due to die, you can say, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing, have mercy. Do you believe in the name? Do you believe in a name that for the Jewish people is too holy to utter in public? We just speak God. Everybody has a God. If you say you're an atheist, well, you're making yourself your God. Everybody has a God, but there is one Yahweh. There is one Adonai. There is one God who is above every other God. There is one name that is above every other name. And it is on the other end of that revelation that you find your peace. And we live in a world where there is so much anxiety. We live in a world where there is a desperate need for peace. And the only way that you can help them is to help them have an encounter with Yahweh, with Yeshua. And the only way you can do that is out of an overflow of your own. I'm at a place in my life where I don't have any children anymore, I don't have to do the school run, I don't have to do the exam run, thank you Jesus for that. But even when I did, He was my priority. We live in a society where we have so many reasons, I won't even use the word excuses because that just seems harsh, we have so many reasons for not being able to. I don't want him to ever turn around and say to any single one of us, I don't know. 
Because the reason Jesus came and died on the cross wasn't just so that we could have a nice life. He came to reconcile us to the Father. He blessed us with this ministry of reconciliation. And I love the way the Christianese take ministry and they make that a thing. Well, what ministry means is service. I will serve you and display one who has been reconciled to the Father and out of an overflow of heart of gratitude for that which I have received, I am able to give. On Wednesday night in the blessed life, one of the things that Robert Morris speaks about is how he just still is so able to give because he's never forgotten his salvation in that moment. We can sing songs and we can speak John 3.16 and we can delight in the fact that Jesus came but does that bring you to your knees that you want to go and just take a breather and just worship him for a moment because you're so thankful for what he is in you. Because there is on the other side of his life, there is death. And if you aren't found in his life, there is only one other option. I did not plan this. This is not in my notes. But I'm telling you now, there is an urgency in the church. There is an urgency in every single one of us. Where he says, you are a display of my splendor. Be that light. Be that light. Jesus says, you don't go and hide the light. You put it on a stand that all may see the light. Any good person can do good works. Any good person can take care of the needy. Any good person can clothe those who are in need. Any good person can start a soup kitchen. Being a good person would come out of an overflow for us who have been born again into a life with Jesus Christ, understanding the joy and the power of reconciliation. Pastor Kurt was sharing last week about how incredibly important it is that we don't forget the table of fellowship in our own families. And we can have many conversations and we will find many excuses why you don't want two people at your table. But when you have fellowship with the greatest love you will ever encounter, when all you have is a simple little cup of juice, all you have is a tiny piece of bread, and all you have is gratitude, that is the most expensive gift you will ever, ever get. And in that space, even possibly she calls me and said, take this in remembrance. Many times we want, we want to be able to, to stand up and we want to be able to do amazing things for God. We want to get out and we want to do the work, which is amazing because you do need, this is not a free passage for you to sit back and go around and quiet. No, because he needs us to serve in his kingdom. But it starts with just you and him. With just you and him. When you understand the power that comes out of encountering the glory of God, we seek so 
so hard after the anointing because he is the anointed one. We seek so hard to, 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 to make sure that our gifts and our abilities are at their best so that we can represent well. A person who's been in the glory of God for but a moment, man, that's powerful. When we have prayer meetings, we don't need wise and persuasive words. We need the power and the presence of God to come in and to just minister. Because how do we know that while we're sitting here and we're praying and Jesus is making intercession for us and for those around us, how do we know what's happening in China might be at the, the other end of your prayer? There is power when we find ourselves in his presence. In Isaiah 6, he says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each had six wings, with two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from, with tongs from the altar, and with it he touched my mouth, and he said, See, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. When you said yes to Jesus, when you said yes to Jesus, he said your sin is atoned for. No longer are you unclean, but you are clean. No longer are you unrighteous, but you are the righteousness of Christ Jesus. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me, comes on the other side of the house. It isn't an altar call where you give your life to Jesus as a, as, a, as a free ticket and then, okay, I will go for you because you're going to get beaten up quite quickly. And some of us have even experienced that where we have perhaps prematurely run after something that we thought that was a real God idea but it wasn't necessarily birthed out of his heart for us. But Isaiah had seen the Father Isaiah had seen and heard the sound of heaven sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We read in Revelation, they're still singing. They're still singing today. And they will be forevermore, for he is holy. Yahweh is holy. The God you serve is holy. He is not a common object that you just put on your own. once or twice a year. He desires relationship with us. He desires living, loving relationship with us. When we have been made free and out of that place of gratitude, we can give. For He is good.
authority he was leaving on assignment. Because your assignment is not easy. Your assignment is to the other way and represent a kingdom that is very different to the kingdom of the world. So to understand whose authority you go in is incredibly important because it gives you a, a sense of strength, it gives you a sense of encouragement, it gives you what you need to go out and be victorious for the one who is sending you. In Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, then Jesus, then Yeshua came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Teaching them everything I have commanded you means there's some stuff you need to get built down inside of you that you can give away to other people. A love encounter with Jesus is step one. The next step is to make sure that you're now getting to learn who is Yeshua. Why did he come? When you're born and you catch your first glimpse of your parents, which none of us can remember, you catch the first glimpse and you will spend the rest of your life learning about them. There is small stuff at the age of 50 that I'm learning about my mom and dad. We will always be learning how much more should we not be learning about our God and our King. These disciples, they were able to go at the instruction of Jesus because they understood whose authority they were leaving. They understood who they were representing. Do you know who you are representing? Do you know the one that you are an ambassador for? If some of us would say, I am an ambassador from South Africa, you might not say it to you. Others of us would shout from the rooftop. Some would say, I am an ambassador for Asia Family Church, and other people would just rather walk away. We, we have this idea of who we represent. Do you know who you represent? Because there's freedom in that. There's joy in life in that name because when I find myself positioned in him it frees me to just be me it's taken a very long time and as long as I'm alive I will always back and expect little things but I know the one in whom I have victory I know the one that when I get ankle tapped by the enemy that I can lean into my father and his truth about me and I tend to see the lies a lot quicker than what I used to but this has been an 18-year journey so far. And if I thought I was passionate 18 years ago, I need to be more passionate today. Because there's more to do. There's great anger. We sit here in freedom and we can speak. When I was in Israel and, and I was just so mindful of the fact that even though we're serving God and we're all on a different mission, you don't necessarily have the freedom and the comfort. You don't go to the Western Wall and put on a praise song and just all of a sudden break out in song and dance. But it's in here. It's in here. 
We are here to represent. In 2 Corinthians 5, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Some of you need to hear that the old is gone and the new has come. You still live in 20 years in, still holding on to the past. It's time to let that go and to be able to move into the new that Jesus has actually come and given you. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. You have free access. Free access to Yahweh. Guys, that's a big statement. And it's not just a statement, it's truth. Perhaps sometimes we've just 
blown over some of the things he's done in our life without truly acknowledging the incredible work that he has done in and through us and for us. In Luke 8, between verses 22 and 56, you're going to see Jesus, he shows his authority. I would encourage you to go and read the whole chapter. He displays his authority over nature, over the wind and waves, over demons, he, he sets that demoniac free. Over sickness, he heals the, the woman with the issue of blood. And over death, he raises Jairus' daughter. We pass by that so quickly because we read the Bible through the Western lens where we go, what does this teach me about me? And how many of you would admit that when you start looking at yourself for too long, it's a bit depressing? And all of a sudden, what started out as a good, quiet time, all of a sudden, you need to repent 50 more times, you need to go and start a fast. You've forgotten how good God is because all you can see is how bad you are. Because we would have a look at that and we would go, oh, my, my carnal nature is just so much stronger. Oh, look, maybe I need deliverance. Maybe I need to go and find someone who can journey this through with me. Maybe people just aren't accepting of me because I am so different. Perhaps the situation you find yourself in just seems so overwhelming that all you can do is want to run down inside the boat and find Jesus and you're shouting at Jesus the whole time. In the meantime, he's already calmed the chaos around you. Perhaps you're so overwhelmed by your sickness. This woman with the issue of blood, she would have understood what it was like to be ostracized by society because for 12 years no one would come near her. If she sat on a chair at the ceremony and you could not touch it. We need to understand the Bible through the lens that it's actually been written in. She understood the pain of what it looked like to be shunned by society. Even her own family would not have come near her. And how many of us walk around, they would have publicly, if you walk around, you will see a lot of the ruins in Jerusalem, there's a lot of mechanisms, there are a lot of pools where you would go and you would wash yourself. And I still said to Chase, I said, you know, back in that day, you would have had to publicly be seen as one who is unclean and then going through the pool and coming out clean and you would have been accepted again. Sadly, though, for us, the danger is, is that we don't do it publicly. We hold our shame so angry and we die on the inside. Instead of being able to realize that Jesus comes and sets you free. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is freedom on the other side of the cross. There is resurrection power that flows in and through you. There is nothing that society can do to you to take you away from this incredible love and presence. They do not determine whether or not you have access to the Father. Jesus signed and sealed that one through his blood forever. That is the power of our soul. So this woman who understood what it was like to be pushed away understood what it was like to be seen and to receive an over death. Friends, before you say yes to Jesus, you would do Just what you have to do with Oh, because this is like a whole boot for the resurrected people. Look around you, don't be shy. Look around you. <laughs> we were dead because of our sin and we were removed from the Father. But because of the powerful blood of Jesus, we've been reconciled and that has been restored. You see, when we suddenly start to read the Bible and we look through a Middle Eastern lens and we seek out the attributes of our King, 
rather than my own shortcomings. I would begin to see an authority that is greater and that I can walk with and encounter. When I see my king as the one who has all authority, who speaks calm into chaos, freedom to captives, makes the unclean clean, he restores the what was once shameful to a place of honor, giving hope to the hopeless, breathing life, reassuring us that with God all things are possible. I encourage you to go and read those verses in this next week and find that source of truth rather than trying to find yourself in one who needs deliverance, in one who all he sees is chaos, in one who all you see is sickness and disease, in one who all you see is death. But turn around and just turn your story around, flip the narrative and go, this is my king. He has resurrected me. He has made me king. He makes all things possible. I walk in the power of the resurrected king and of Yeshua forever. Add that on to every sentence, forever, for all eternity. It's not just while we're here. It's not just while we're here. You don't just want to study in school, some do. You don't just want to study in school for 12 years because you just need to get through school. It's a stepping stone to where you're going to, and it will stand you in good stead if you can pay attention and do good. This life that we're living now is just this little bit of a trial run. And the freedom and the joy of being able to experience Jesus and the joy of what it looked like. When Jesus says, make disciples of them, he's saying, teach them how to walk as I walk. Do as I do. Believing that you can be better than what did he not say? You will do greater things now. We're not running after a ministry of signs, miles, and miracles. That's a natural part of who I am. So if I'm not seeing it, I need to have a hunger for it. Because in his time, I don't want to fabricate it, but I believe that if Jesus said it, that settles it. But I don't believe he's going to bring the sick in if we're all still sick. We need to be healthy. We need to be on fire. We need to look what, know what it looks like to live and to love Jesus so much that when a broken person comes up to Lisa, they have to pay off because of all they feel is the love of Jesus. She doesn't need to say a word because it just happens. Let's change. This is the church. We are the church. This is an incredible blessing where we need to come together and fellowship in the name of Jesus. But our hunger should be for those who are lost and broken. Our hunger should be for those who are sitting amongst us, who are still hiding secret shame and guilt, would not leave here still carrying that, but would leave here with a new breath in their lungs that just goes, I am free. You don't need to make a TikTok video recording yourself going, I am free, I've been washed. No, you need to live it. Because other people are going to see a highlight reel and they're going to think that that's who you are. In the meantime, you're dying. He came to give us life. So how are you living in response to the greatest love that you will ever know? How are you living at that response? Have you seen him like Isaiah did? 
Have you encountered him like Peter, James, and John and the rest of the guys did? Have you reached out to him and touched the hem of his garment and felt the power of heaven move through you and set you free from everything that would have shunned you in the past? How do you respond to being that which was full of hopelessness to now being full of hope and believing in the impossible? Nick's and I were chatting this week about what it looks like to be walking with Jesus and to be able to sustain that relationship. To keep going, because many sitting in this room have been following and walking with Jesus for many, many years. And I think most of us would agree that it is constantly rocking up, even when it feels like nothing is happening. Having a daily quiet time, a time with Jesus, isn't being religious and having a religious ritual. It's a necessity, because if I need to eat to sustain my physical body, I need to eat from the Word of God, I need to encounter the bread of life, I need to drink from rivers of living water to make sure that when I leave home I don't need rehydrate because I'm falling apart. <laughs> the way that we do this is by walking in relationship with God and some of those things will seem so boring, but I can guarantee you that at the other end of that you're going to go, oh wow, that's sustainable. Right. So in wrapping it up, God is good. God is good. God is good. That's how we live out our calling, our mandate. That as I walk through trials and tribulations, I will go, God is good. And I will hear the echo back. Overwhelmed, and when I feel like I'm being reminded of my past and I'm being told that I'm unclean, I will say, But God is good, and I will hear that. When I feel like death and destruction is all that the enemy is throwing at me, and I cannot see the hope before me, I will say, But God is good, and I will know that He is good because there is a community around me who, when I feel I cannot make it, I can hear them say, He is good all the time. Don't quit. You need to rock up for the fight. I need to rock up for the fight. And you need to be able to turn around and go, but God, you are so holy. The only thing I can do in response is fall down on my face in your presence. I don't need goosebumps. I don't need the shakes. I don't need to be slain in the spirit. All I need is the goodness of God. And if any of those things come, fabulous. If they don't, it doesn't mean God's not present. He's not an emotional reaction. He is holy. That when you read Isaiah 6 and you see what it felt like, read into that and go, help me to understand what did he feel like when he looked upon the face of holiness. He said, I am done. I am ruined. Have you been ruined by your encounter with the Father? Have you been ruined at the idea of what it costs for you to be saved and sitting here today? And can you get up out of that space and go, when he says, who will go for us? I love that he says, for us. Who will go on behalf of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Can you go? I will go.
I don't know how much Isaiah was standing like this. I have a feeling he probably went, I'll go. Because the cost is great. It's nervy getting up and speaking to people. Let alone one person face to face. But God is good. And we can giggle about it and we can think that that response is just oh, we're having fun. No, these are practices we need to realize that when I'm walking and I'm I'm hearing that all of heaven backs me. I have to believe that when it says that Jesus is making intercession for me, guess what? He is. Jesus, Yeshua, the one who died on the cross, the one whose blood has saved us and cleansed us is seated at the right hand of the Father. And when Aaron walks into a room, Jesus is like, making intercession for him. So when he feels hopeless, guess what? Hopeless stood up and is speaking over him. When you feel overwhelmed, grace gets up and speaks on your behalf. We need to be mindful of who we represent. That as an ambassador of Christ Jesus, reconciled. And it is that that I can give away. So what is your response to a holy encounter that should mark you and change you forever? Can you change your language? Can you take yourself out and stop seeing just the negative, but see the one who is there for you? Can you allow God to shift perspective for his glory and for his grace? And as I close this morning, my prayer is this, that Holy Spirit would stir up a hunger inside every single one of us to see his face, to feel his heartbeat, to hear his words of love that just sing over us, songs of deliverance, a hunger for that, a hunger for him, that we would truly be a people of the presence, that when people come here, the space is amazing, but the anointing of God is that's what counts. That when witches and darkness drive past, all they can see is a blazing fire coming out of this property because they know that right here, the glory of God is found because of a people who seek his glory and live in his glory and walk in his glory. You're not afraid and disappointed if we come to you when sound doesn't work quite right or we don't have the backup music to create a bit of a mood, where we don't necessarily have the right words to say, but you simply delight in the fact that we come, as an individual we come, seeking an audience with the greatest love we will ever know. And Father, I pray for every single one of us, that you would stir up a hunger inside of us, Father, for more of you. For more of you, for a greater understanding, Father, for revelation of who you are. I pray, Father, that we would hear the angels sing, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty, and that we would join in that song in a beautiful response 
to who you are. That Father, that as you say to us, who will go for us, every single one of us will be able to respond and say, Here I am, send me. But do not send me in my own strength. I do not want to go unless you go with me. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will guide me and that you would lead me on this journey of life for your love and for your glory. Father, I pray that you would forgive us where we've taken the gift of salvation and we've treated it as cheap. Father, I pray that you would forgive us where we have still lived as sinners even though we've been redeemed. Father, I pray that you would forgive us where we have forsaken our gifts out of fear of man and insecurity. I pray, Lord, that this would be a house full of faith. I pray that this would be a house where your glory resides, Father. I pray that this would be a house, Father, where the lost and the broken would come in and that you would give us eyes to see them, Father, and hearts to love them into a position where they too are able to experience and to run with great joy. If there's anybody in this room who doesn't know Jesus, who doesn't have a relationship with you, who hasn't necessarily had an encounter that has just marked you, would you raise your hand? 